Cloud Native Poster Series, with Marco Rodriguez, VP of Product of Volterra. Cloud Native, SD-WAN, Analytics, Machine Learning, Agile Development and Testing, Edge Computing, DevOps, Service Management, Enterprise Architecture, Hybrid IT, Neural Networks, Cybersecurity, Serverless, Low-Code, No-Code, Big Data, Integration. You're listening to the IntelliX Podcast, where we bridge modern and legacy technology and untangle the buzzwords to help business and IT leaders connect the dots to achieve digital transformation. Disclaimer, the perspectives expressed in this show are the independent opinions of the hosts and or guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of Intellix or any companies mentioned here. And now, your host, Jason English. Hello and welcome to the Intellix Cloud Native Podcast Series. Uh, today we're featuring Volterra. They're a platform for distributed cloud services. And joining me today is Marco Rodriguez, the VP of Products and Solutions for Volterra. Uh, Hello, thanks Jason. For, thanks, thanks for, for joining me, me Marco. Yeah. yeah, great. Thanks for having me. You know, Volterra is one of the, the proud sponsors of this upcoming cloud native development poster. And it really includes a whole broad landscape of different types of vendors. So can you just give me an introduction, uh, Marco, to what your company does? I guess at a high level, um, if you were to really look at the the problems we're trying to solve. If you actually take it a step back and look at our overall mission statement as a company is we want to enable essentially cloud for everyone everywhere. So ideally what that means, of course, is the next critical infrastructure for any more modern organization will be cloud services. And we're determined to essentially deliver that as a universal cloud access to, to these users. What that means is from the inception of Volterra, at least, we've been really innovating a broad set of cloud services that give you the flexibility to build your own distributed cloud across multiple cloud providers and edge locations. And as, as a company, we kind of have four core building blocks to do that. One of them was VoltMesh, which is a SaaS-powered offering that delivers high-performance networking and zero-trust security across all these clouds and edge sites, along with the ability to offload those apps. And then we have another core offering called VoltStack, which is also another SaaS-powered offering, but it's for the automation and deployment and security of distributed applications and infrastructure across, again, all these different heterogeneous environments, meaning edge, public, and private clouds. And then, of course, this is where I like to say we're a bit, uh, bit obsessed, at least I am, and I'm sure a lot of people have challenges with this too, is the, the obsession with making day two operations as easy as day zero pox, because the, that's essentially where kind of the rubber hits the road when you go to scale. And that's where our SaaS component of the entire offering uh, through something which we call Volt Console, it's kind of a single pane of glass for all the distributed application and infrastructure where we provide end-to-end observability across all this infrastructure and applications across all these different environments. And then kind of tying it all together, we have our own global backbone in 20 pops and 13 cities across the world, all connected through private multi-terabit fiber infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of broad coverage, I would say. How do you fit into the overall cloud native vendor landscape? It seems like a lot of the focus, uh, if you look at the CNCF or something like that, or, or when you go to your next KubeCon, if there is another one, you know, you see a lot of emphasis on the development side of things. But so how do you fit into the overall vendor landscape here? Sure. If you, if you look at the, the cloud native vendor landscape uh, that's currently on the CNCF website, and uh, if you were to kind of categorize this, which it's hard to do because we are a platform. We like to call ourselves a cloud native edge platform, which touches various components. 
so we've taken a lot of the work and integrate with all the different vendors and offerings in that landscape diagram. And we leverage different projects as well, either augmenting them or using them for our own needs. But if I was to kind of pick at least three off the top of my head, you know, from a service proxy standpoint, we build on top of Envoy. Uh, we've added a lot of functionality to that. But what the value we bring as a service proxy is we're a globally distributed proxy that's centrally managed. Then on top of that, we, we added API gateway functionality into Envoy, which gives us a, a globally distributed high-performance API gateway. Uh, in terms of service mesh, we integrate with a lot of the existing service mesh technologies and, again, provide a global service mesh, all SaaS power to our full console. And if you were to look at us from a uh, orchestration and management point of view, we fall under scheduling and orchestration, typically through our uh, virtual Kubernetes solution, which is part of our Volt stack application management solution. And then ultimately, if you were one, one last thing I'd probably point out is from a platform point of view, we provide a container as a service mechanism using our application delivery network. So we kind of crisscross all these different uh, elements. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the only ones, but those are the ones that kind of come top of mind. Yeah, that's interesting. So I kind of wonder what what kinds of challenges do you find customers are facing when they find you? I'd say in general, customers are going through that journey. Uh, journey of migrating from private data centers to public clouds uh, for you know the hybrid cloud migration but i think ultimately the challenge there becomes operations how do you operate and deal with this infrastructure once you get there and the operationalizing of this environment becomes kind of monumental for the organization not just not just for like the NetOps team, but you have DevOps teams, SecOps teams, and even the developers who have to consume this infrastructure. And now that it becomes more distributed across the edge, you know, how do we do that? There's specifically one customer, if I was to take a customer as an example mm-hmm. uh, from their transformation uh, journey. One story I, I enjoy to talk about is an automotive OEM. Uh, they had a business need to collect high definition mapping data across an entire city. Uh, so they decided to retrofit all, all these taxis mm-hmm. uh, as part of their electrification effort. The idea was once the taxis would come into the charge, they would use high definition cameras, pull up their license plate, query a database, essentially a key management server somewhere in the cloud with that uh, certificate, be able to connect to the card, download the data, pass it back in for processing, get some vector analysis done, and then they update the HD maps. So in short, that was kind of their, their business need. The challenge, of course, was a solution that was either inbuilt or required some type of system integrator required all these different software vendor solutions. So ultimately, any situation they got to was multiple vendors, usually a combination of five or six different software components, different software integration needs, which ultimately increased their operational costs. Tooling was different from the cloud team to how they were being proposed with new tooling elements for this edge, for this new distributed infrastructure across all these EV charging stations. And then end-to-end policy and observability. Now you have four or five potentially six different solutions by different vendors. How do you get end-to-end not only observability and monitoring across this infrastructure, but how do you even ensure consistent policy across all of these as well? So that's typically, like, that was, that's an example of a customer who came to us and they were faced with this challenge and not to mention they had a need, right? They had a need to get this environment up and running. Uh, and again, the POC is one thing, but getting it to like uh, the large scale running across 20,000 different charging stations in a country, it was a big challenge for them. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive array there to implement. So, you know, how would you say that the field is different from uh, what companies normally encounter? They're thinking maybe from this central point of view, like, I'm just thinking of distributing my centralized applications and servers outwards. I have customer-facing applications, but they're not really thinking about how that's going to extend to the edge. And so how does that change the scenario for you? You mean how does the edge migration scenario change the... So uh, actually, there's a couple elements there. Changes 
Uh, what customers are realizing, first of all, edge is relative to a customer, to an enterprise and edge, for example, in a retailer or manufacturer, the edge is, uh, is obviously in the store. If I'm an OEM manufacturer, it can be in my factory or it could be at these EV charging stations. Recently with this all this pandemic that people are dealing with, uh, there's all this interest now for thermal imaging in stores as well to kind of get kind of normalcy back uh, to a lot of these businesses. So ultimately this means more process, more data being generated at the edge, more data has to be processed as the edge, meaning applications have to be deployed there with a certain lifecycle management and tooling that's that's familiar with most people, which is cloud native. So that's kind of where I see the need for a lot of the businesses going and the ones who can pivot uh, and adjust to that quickly will see the need. The question is whether or not they can adopt an infrastructure, you know, ultimately a SaaS powered one or a SaaS enabled one, which is the route we took to kind of simplify the needs for infrastructure and application management and security while focusing on their business needs. So that's, that's, I think, where we offer a uniqueness in our solution. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely a unique capability that I don't know if we could have said that before. Otherwise, you'd be saying basically, you know, those two components are never connected. Yeah, you'd basically have a remote implementation team, uh, remote applications, and then you'd be in this constant cycle of updating and, and, uh, and upgrading. Just to quickly add, for example, the customer I gave you with that journey that they came to us with, ultimately the reason when they came to us, you know, as a company, we ultimately knew we had to, when we started the company and ultimately as we started to address this, this need in the market, we had to kind of go to the drawing board to kind of really think this architecture from the ground up. So based on that, we decided for like networking and security, that that was our Bolt Mesh offering and for infrastructure and application management, we call that Bolt Stack. But ultimately what we're doing here is we lower the total cost of ownership and all the overall complexity by consolidating all these layer three through layer seven services into one software stack that can be deployed anywhere, whether it's sitting on-prem in a CPE device like an Intel Nook or sitting in my public cloud instance in AWS. And then the fact that it's completely turnkey and SaaS operated by us and we provide security and performance through our global network to the point where you can even run applications on our network. Uh, and then on kind of wrap that all up, we enable that all through a single pane of glass through our Volt Console SaaS offering, which gives these enterprises end-to-end policy and observability. But I think the most important thing, and you literally kind of hinted at it there at the end, mm-hmm. which is how to deal with all these different line of businesses and all the different needs across all these different teams. That's typically where the highest friction point we see is you have the NetOps team who's trying to deploy and operate network equipment. You have the security team trying to deploy or set certain security standards and manage and set those across the entire organization. Then you have the DevOps teams and developers having their needs as well. And how do you build something that's so distributed, uh, kind of encompasses everything while at the same time meeting the company's uh, needs for agility to move quickly? So that's ultimately why we decided to have a consolidated services uh, software stack, pretty much allow anyone to deploy it anywhere. The fact that it's SaaS operated and more importantly, the, the SaaS portal that we've built really kind of tunes the, the view or the workflows f- based on the personas. If I'm a SecOps guy, I can view and enforce security policy across different parts of an application deployment process or even a network process. If I'm a NetOps team, I focus on the infrastructure. If I'm a developer or DevOps team, I focus on the apps. And that's all kind of sliced and diced naturally through very pre-cookie cutter, but also customized uh, workflows on our SaaS-based portal. So what, what would you see as a trend to watch over the next one or two years? I mean, specific to, I mean, the specific cloud native, you know, obviously the ones uh, I would say is the public cloud adoption, that's clearly accelerating. Yeah. But I think what's, exce- what's accelerating further is the, the edge adoption. Gartner put out some interesting numbers uh, as well. 
But I, you know, I think one thing a lot of us didn't expect was recent events, right? COVID-19 will drive entirely new business dynamics uh, and requirements at the edge for data processing. I mean, minus the fact that we're all working from home and we're recording these podcasts from home. I think that's almost, that's almost implied, you know, Zoom is now, you know, part of our critical infrastructure. But for example, you know, uh, you know, humans ultimately in my mind long for kind of social interaction. So to get back to like a pre-COVID world, at least I envision a place where, you know, real-time safety is going to ultimately be provided by trying to minimize, at least guarantee the minimizing of exposure. So, you know, whether it's at the county, state, or federal level, ultimately tools for like things like thermal imaging at scale at real time, pretty much restaurants, large public events are going to be a, a thing that's going to have to be deployed. And we see it today in some restaurants already doing it uh, by hand. So I think this is just another example of all this amount of data that needs to be processed at the edge. In order to process the data, you have to deploy applications. And if you're going to ask, uh, you know, mom and pop or SMBs or food truck owners to either deploy and uh, operate a cloud native infrastructure and build their own DevOps team, which is very unlikely, or will they consume a turnkey infrastructure and allow them or an ecosystem of application vendors to come and enable that kind of environment, I think will be extremely important. So to kind of summarize it, I think cloud native is, is obviously going to grow with the public, public cloud adoptions accelerating, of course, with AI and data processing needs, I think will continue to grow at the edge. If anything, the driving force will probably be a pivoted a bit towards the recent pandemic, but that just, I think, further exemplifies the need to process uh, data at the edge at scale and quickly. Right. Just the, the essential nature of being able to drive workloads wherever they're best suited, whether it is your existing you know, on-premises uh, scenario or, or in all of these edge cases, it's almost like franchising your whole business model out to, out to the edge uh, where, it's, where it really needs to work. Correct. Well, thanks, Marco. Do, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Nope, that was it. I appreciate your time, Jason. It was uh, fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks, Marco. Thanks for joining me and on the IntelliX Cloud Native preview. And um, glad you could join us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the IntelliX podcast. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, feel free to drop us an email at pr at Until next time. Keep on transforming.